Okay, so this is going to be a different sort of episode than what we usually do. Um, obviously, most of the time, this is a interview-based podcast. I talk with a guest or something like that. But we're coming up on Catholimus, and I felt like it's uh, it's time. You know, we're about a year into doing this uh, to just kind of have a me and you episode where I just kind of say what's on my mind and get everything out there about what's going on and what our plans are, you know, for 2020 and everything. So we're going to do a little, we'll call it the state of the keep address with uh, me, the motherload. So uh, for those of you that don't just want to hear me ramble on for a while, you don't tune into the podcast just to hear my voice, which I assume is basically no one. I, uh, you know, this, this may not be for you, but if you're like a hardcore fan of the show and you want to hear my perspective about things, then uh, stick around and I hope you enjoy this. The first topic I want to get into is uh, the production quality that you've you know, seen and maybe come to expect or whatever. I do want to iterate that like no one is more keenly aware of the strengths and weaknesses of our production quality than me because obviously I'm the one doing all the editing and creating this. Um, well, uh, before... I think before episode six, that was unkind of State of Quake. And then he turned it over to me. And this has been my first ever venture, seriously, over the past year. First ever venture into any kind of audio editing. I've learned everything trial and error. And it's been, you know, we've had some good ones. We've had some bad ones. We've had some really bad ones. And we have some, uh, I think, objectively really good ones. I'm just saying, bear with me here because moving into 2020, one of my big, uh, resolutions if you will is to step it up big time i have taken a hefty sum of money uh, at least for me it's a hefty sum and invested it into some awesome new hardware i'm talking new microphone new processor for you know video and audio editing everything you know just i'm investing in this they understand that i've got skin in this game and i take this seriously and i really do just i can't say thank you enough to you guys for sticking in, sticking through this year with me and uh, allowing me to do this. This has been a life-changing experience. I don't want to get too emotional, but this podcast has given me such a new sense of purpose and given me the confidence and the opportunities to talk to people that many of them I felt I would never be able to talk to this person. You know, they're never going to give me the time of day. Why would they? But, you know, th- having the excuse of running this podcast has really opened things up and made it, it's just been a hell of a journey. And I, I can't thank everyone who listens to the show. can't thank you enough for that. But yes, the, the promise is we will be stepping it up. And that means audio quality, video quality, everything that we do. Uh, d- don't hold me to any like specific timeline. Just understand it's, it's going to happen. Um, let's see. I also wanted to kind of talk about like the types of guests that we have on the show. I, I get the impression sometimes when I listen to people talk about podcasts and shows and content and all this kind of thing that they, they have this idea that you're supposed to do whatever you think people want. And I get that to a certain extent. Like I want to provide you loyal fans or whoever, you know, with, with content, quality content that you actually do want to hear. But on the other hand, I don't want anybody to get the idea that I am trying to reach out to any person 
with the expectation that like, oh, that'll be good for us and it'll get more views than anything else. Like that is not the way I think about it. I try to think about it in a sense of I reach out to the people who interest me, who I find interesting and who I think you'll find interesting as well. And that could be someone as famous as like a John Romero maybe one day, or it could be, you know, just some indie developer you've never heard of that I really like, or that, you know, someone pointed out to me, it could be someone that Flambeau says like, Hey, you really got to talk to this guy or whatever. You know, someone I've never even heard of, but just someone that piques interest. It sounds like that you could get interviews with famous people anywhere. And that's not the point of this shit. The point is to support and expose and, talk about things and yes of course we're going to have bigger guests i hope so i mean just because some of the people that interest me happen to be bigger and you know more famous than others but don't get that impression don't ever think that this is about doing the best that we can to get the highest uh tier famous people so that we'll get 850 bajillion downloads on youtube or whatever it's not what it's about i think i've killed that topic let's move on oh man Uh, i was listening to Smango's new show. Um, if you guys don't know who Smango is, QuakeFans.net. Uh, we work really closely with him through the keep. Always, you know, he's my blood brother. I fucking love this guy. You know, just salt of the earth. Smango is, but he has a his own new show. Has a Quake Fans radio every Saturday morning. He gets on. I think it's like seven a.m. Kentucky time or whatever, and and he records it live. So it's like live streamed on YouTube and he interacts with the fans and uh, the listeners, whatever, and just kind of breaks down like what he's thinking about and what's going on in Quake at the time. Uh, talks a lot about Quake Champions, new arena shooter stuff. Just, you know, it's just good content. And one thing he brought up that I got, Smango, I got to grill you for this talk. He brought up the uh, the Church of Quake community contest, which they just announced the winners of. I got to say, Smango, they we I posted it. I, I posted that around like the, the voting sheet, man. So yes, if you didn't get the opportunity or if you're the news to vote in the contest, it was uh pretty easy to do. They just sent out a link and you could just nominate anybody you wanted. And then they tallied it up based on the number of nominations and a few other factors, and we got our winners. So that said, I do want to acknowledge uh the winners of the contest. First of all, there are different categories. The first category was talent. This was Zoot. Um, I don't feel like we need to explain that. If you don't know who Zoot is, I mean, he's one of the most prolific casters there is. I mean, that That's just that. There's no other way around it. This guy's totally committed to Quake and always has been. So, like, congrats to him. Can't say that was a surprise. Now, what's interesting about this contest to me and seeing the winners are the, uh, the people who I never heard of who apparently are huge in the quake community and this is a good thing this is a really good thing so uh, the organizer award went to uh, i believe the name is pronounced quachi uh, from quachi cups this is in a looks like an australian group of people who've organized these awesome events uh, quachi i guess is the leader of this quachi cups thing and they've they had like a ten thousand dollar prize pool and huge tournaments and stuff like that that's that's great and the fact that I was totally unaware of that, uh, A, it doesn't surprise me. I'm not aware of a lot of things, but it it is a good thing now that he's getting that recognition. And this event probably brought a lot of content to a lot of people's eyes that they weren't aware of. And that's so cool. This, this is awesome. 
I'm just really happy that this they did this. By the way, if I didn't mention this, those of you who don't know what Church of Quake is, this is a website ran by Lily and Adam Pyle. Um, you may know him better as Sync Air. He's one of you know works at software and all that. That's the employee. Most notably, works on the Quake games. And yeah, there's the connection. But yeah, which each of them, they both have earned a lifetime achievement award themselves. But they can't. I guess they didn't want to give an award to themselves. That'd be kind of silly. And then the big one that I really wanted to acknowledge the most is a uh, content creator. Havericks of uh, Quake.cz, he's been on In The Keep a couple of different times, uh, just an amazing dude, and he's done so much for the community, like, he's done unbelievable, just through the years, man, he's been working, you know, around the Quake community, out of the kindness of his own heart, not for money or anything like that, forever, and to see him finally get some recognition, I personally, he's who I nominated uh, with my one nomination vote, but his uh, his passion, his reporting for Quake.cz, um, which is it that is Czech website, but it's global. Like everybody knows, it's it's the uh, now the premier place to get your kind of live updated Quake Pro League stats, which is a huge project that he's been kind of whispering to me about for quite a while, and it's really great to finally see that. So if you need your Quake Pro League stats, I know there was some controversy about where people were getting those or whatever before, but. Uh, Get it at Quake.cz. It's a 100% clean and pure process going on there with uh, plenty of communication and synergy, and he doesn't mind it being posted around or used by anybody or whatever. Just just a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy, man. Just a great motherfucker. I, I love Averick so much as a human being and as a member of the Quake community, so big congrats to him. Overall achievement, award, whatever, went to Jahar. I don't have to say that he's my hero. I think everybody knows that. I already said it, but like, I fucking love Jahar, man. Congrats to him. Obviously, like, there's be no reason why he shouldn't win an award for everything. Every every category in this event, he's done it. He's done it objectively better than most anybody could ever ask for, man. Just much respect to Jahar. So let's keep moving. I got a lot of topics to get through. I just kind of jotted all this down today because I realized like, eh, I'm not going to be able to get the record the pre-recorded episode with our guest out because things happen. Don't worry about it. We'll get it out eventually. It'll be fine. But you know, this is a good opportunity I think to address the crowd. So you may have noticed the keep is producing a new show. Um, this is called maps of madness. I was just talking about how like uh, Jahar is kind of a hero. I, I do really like his uh, streams that he does called Mapper's Mark. And I thought that's such a great way to, you know, interact with the developers of a game. Because I do a lot of these podcasts where it's like I'm just talking and asking questions. And I love that. That's my favorite thing. But I was like, what could we get more? Like what would give us more of an opportunity to really like get into the nitty gritty of what the game is like and everything? And I was like, I could, you know, just do Let's Plays, which... Yeah, whatever. I mean, th- those are fun. A lot of people do those. It's good, awesome. There's, you know, you could cut cut it and edit it and do voiceovers and you can do all kind of things with it. But I'm like, eh. I want to give the, uh, I want to empower the mappers and developers and modders who make these awesome pieces of content for us to play. I want to empower them to kind of speak for themselves. And uh way we're doing that is to just have them 
kind of watch me play the game or whoever it happens to be play the game through or the a, you know a level of the game or a few levels of it or you know a few different projects they've worked on wherever it may be and to have that opportunity to just kind of like answer my questions and answer the audience's questions when we do it on live stream and to explain, you know, what their intention was versus the way they see people playing it and everything. It's just really cool, and I enjoy it very much. I've done a few already. See, so we had uh, Uber Gawai, a fucking amazing Z Damon Doom Mapper. It was just awesome. I really enjoyed that. We did his uh, Christmas special, which, by the way, while we're on that topic, Z Damon Sessions Christmas special will be on 21 December. It should be there. Uber Gawai is retiring after this year from Doom modding. And we'll be moving on. I believe he's going to be working with Final Boss Entertainment, which is Brad Carney's company. I'm trying to get Brad back on the podcast too, man. Like Carnival, another guy that I just... If you, if you did hear the last episode that I did with him, I felt bad because I actually had to just like leave about halfway through it to go um, cast a tournament that I had already agreed to do. Because it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. But I left him with... Uh, yeah, I left him in good hands. We'll get, get into that a little bit more uh, later in this list. But... Yeah, dude. I talked to him. I talked to JCR, who is, if you probably heard him on QuakeCast if you've ever checked their show out, but also he's just a really cool guy who makes awesome Quake maps and mods and things like that. And I played through like three of his maps. I'll, I feel like this podcast will actually air before I get all of his video content onto YouTube, but rest assured that'll be waiting for you when you do check it out. We played through his jaunt mod. And we played through one of his like really interesting map. It's like the map is literally alive, like a living organism. And it's trying to like consume you as you walk through it and every, it's just a really, really cool content. Um, another one of his, uh, map jam maps that was for, uh, I think the 2018 Christmas special, if I remember correctly. And just having him walk me through that because I'd never really played, uh, quake, like custom quake maps before not in quake one I, you know i've played a lot of quake worlds multiplayer you know dabbling around in the quake mapping scene is while it's something that i've always been enthusiastic about it's nothing something that i've never really done and so yeah he was kind enough to kind of walk me through that whole process and it was super fun i'm really glad i did it and i'll try to be doing that more of that into the future who else did we have uh first episode was with the glitch arena developer the hack we just played some uh, duels together and he was kind of like, you know, explaining the, the creation of each map and the intention behind each map and all the cool, subtle new movement. If you guys haven't played Glitch Arena yet, it's free to play now. It just became free to play before it was like three bucks, but now it's free. So you have no excuse not to download it. It's not a big file. It's an amazing uh, looking. Uh, well, if you, if you hear the word amazing looking and you think like high tech graphics, no, it's a. Uh, really cool looking game in the fact that it is super old school and like blocky and like retro. It's got like this John Carpenter music feel to it. It's very, very techno, but very, very interesting and cool. And I love it. And the, the movement is so unique. He even added a uh, crouch sliding to it, which at first I was like, God, why would you do that? You idiot. You like, why would you ruin the movement of this game like that? But then I tried it and it, he, he just has such a talent for taking things that, uh, usually kind of bar people from their entryway into arena shooters, you know, like strafe jumping or, you know, double jumping, wall jumping, whatever it happens to be. 
now crouch sliding, things that turn a lot of people off and making them feel very easy, very intuitive, and just simple and fun to do. And I've never been able to crouch slide. Like I've never been able to play as like Slash or I guess Strogan Peaker now. I wasn't a Quake 4 guy, but here we are now, man. And I'm a big believer in the crouch sliding that I've played in in Glitch Arena. It's just it's just fun. I don't know what to tell you. Um that said, uh currently the game does not have like full on server support. You do have to kinda of host it from your own PC or vice versa with a friend. But I have it on good authority that eventually that will happen. And but yeah, fuck it. It's free free to play. Play it. Play the fucking game. I don't need to tell you that. I just did though. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry, I got kind of passionate there. Moving on. Oh yeah, we did episode of Ma- uh, Maps of Madness with Doombringer's developer. We actually did two episodes with him. This was uh, one to play the single player of Doombringer. Christus was an amazing, amazing guest. So generous with his time. He sat there, literally sat there for two episodes of Maps of Madness. And then we recorded a whole podcast right after it. All of this has been released, obviously. And go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it. Like he, He's just really got a another keen eye, like a, a di- different than Glitch Arena. Another wonderful take on the arena first-person shooter genre and the single-player genre as well because we played through the, I think it's three maps that we played through the single-player. I had a great time. It's very much, he described it better than anyone. It's like if Quake Live were a single-player game and that's what it feels like and it's still being worked on, but high-quality shit, man, and it's free right now as well as the multiplayer, which is all in the same pack. Now, when we did the multiplayer stream, while I was very impressed with, you know, the maps, the weapons, the movement, everything, you know, the gameplay itself, we did a, on this, on stream, we had a few different server crashes, and I felt like that was not the best look. However, just keep in mind, this is a one-man dev team, (laughs) realistically speaking, like, there's one guy who's really working on this shit, and as an indie developer, he already has server support. That's a big plus. And number two, like three days later, he messaged me and said, the new build of the game will be out soon, and we've fixed that problem. Bam. Done. So him and I guess whoever else he's got working on this, maybe it was just him. I'm not really quite clear on that right now. I don't know why. I should remember this, but it's not coming to me. It's been a long day. Point being, yeah, knock that out. Bam, fixed it. We're ready to go. So I'm looking forward to playing on that build as well, and we'll probably do another episode with him when I get that access to that. What else, man? That's enough about Maps of Madness. Oh, yeah, the Warfork event. We got a Warfork Invitational Dual Cup coming up, man. This is... um, I can't believe this wasn't the first thing I mentioned. But So the Keeps presenting Warfork Invitational Dual Cup. This is a global event. I'm talking everywhere. We've got... uh, Giblets.com. Man, I'm really glad about this. They're providing the servers. And so we just like gave it over to our guy, Gilmason. He's like a server guru. And he's got access to it now. So we're going to have players from North America, Europe, and Japan all playing in one day, which means like the schedule's kind of whack. But Saturday the 14th, 2019. I'll start from the top and work our way down. 6 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, like U.S. Pacific time which is 9 Eastern time zone, 1500 Central Europe time, 
2300 Japanese time. So they're going to be up a bit late and us uh, West Coast people are going to be up a little bit early. But the point is, one day, one event, single elimination dual tournament. I think it's going to be like best of three maps with a best of five map final. And $100 prize pool, so that's like 50 to first place, 30 to second place, 20 to third place. And these are this is invitational. So we gave Zeb, uh, you guys have seen him play hopefully in some of our King of the Hill events or just hanging out in the, on Fort Fridays. He's an incredible player, and he's been in the Warsaw slash Warfort community forever, or at least to me forever, like a long time. So he's invited some of the best players in the world. I think he actually just tried to invite all of the best players in the world. I'm not sure exactly at this time who has accepted the invite. Uh, he may have already released that by the time you hear this, but regardless, go check it out. And it'll be on, again, Saturday, December 14th, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1500 Central Europe, 2300 Japan, Come join us on uh, our our stream, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash in the keep. And this is going to be one hell of a, it's going to be a crazy event. It's probably the biggest, objectively the biggest event that we've ever tried to pull off as the keep. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Next, uh, what other topics did I, oh yeah, okay. So I uh, wanted to talk about some of the stuff going on uh, Doom wise lately, like as you probably know from listening to the show I'm a huge doom fan uh not the oldest doom fan definitely not the oldest uh, multiplayer doom fan don't really know how to do a whole lot of shit in doom it turns out but i've always liked doom or at least for the past several years since i first played it and i've just been diving deeper and deeper and deeper into the doom community ever since the shows came along gotta think you know i got a lot of people to thank for that but my favorite things that went on in doom lately so made sure to make a note of this one Let's see. Where is he? Where is it at? Where is it at? Okay. John Romero on December 2nd posted a, an article called Sigil Update. This is on like Romero News dot whatever. I don't know. I Anyway, he posted this. I'm going to actually read it because it's pretty short and it's awesome. Sigil has been out. This is quotes. Sigil has been out. For a while now, I uploaded the free version on May 31st, 2019. Many YouTube playthrough videos have been uploaded and the response has been good. I had a great team of Doom technicians helping me make sure all the data was as good as possible. Even though Doom is 25 years old, every single line segment and level has a bunch of information on it. Most levels have hundreds if not thousands of line segments in them. So it's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of tech checking. The awesome team includes Doosome of the multiplayer that that Doosome of the multiplayer Doom Federation and the CAC Awards and all that. I got to get him on the show. Like I haven't talked to him. I, I've messaged back and forth, but I haven't actually talked to him. Talked to him since QuakeCon. But I want to get him on to like talk about how the CAC Awards works. I think that'd be a really fun episode. Hold me to that, you guys. Don't don't let me forget to do that. Uh, let's see, Flambo. If you like in the keep, uh, God damn it, you better know who Flambo is. Man, he's amazing. Uber Gawai and Keyboard Doomer. Okay, all fucking awesome people. Okay, back to the quote. They put up with my works. <laughs> start at about midnight most nights. So we have a great 
Slack channel where we discuss all the tech stuff happening with the latest fixes. Sigil is up to version 1.21 now, and it might not see another revision. It's pretty great now. I toned down the crushers on E5M4, so maybe no more whining. Smiley face. Anyway, the Sigil experience was really good, and I'm excited about what might be next. If you want to download Sigil, you can blah, blah. Okay, forget, forget that part. Point being, really cool that John Romero... Uh, Finally, like I, I guess, publicly acknowledged, like this is my team. These are the people who helped me get Sigil out to the public. Because I know, like a lot of the when it first came out, I think the multiplayer stuff was uh, kind of up in the air. This is always something you have to do when you release a new game, especially like you know something like this, where it's going to go out to multiple different source ports and all these things. But yeah, a lot of really amazing people <laughs> worked on Sigil, and I'm I liked it. Sigil. I know some people had different opinions about it, but hey. That's neither here nor there. The point is, really cool that John Romero uh, acknowledged all these guys, and I'm very proud of all of them, and hope to have each and every one of them that I haven't already had on the podcast, on the podcast, and John Romero one day. I think that's the second time I've mentioned wanting him on the show today. But I do. He's awesome. Let's see, what else is going on? Oh yeah, okay, so I finally tried Russian Overkill. I've heard so many people talk about that one, and it's just something that I never got around to. Finally did. Fucking love it. That's pretty much all I have to say. I was like, I've been streaming a little bit of it, but I, I really like that mod, man. There's some crazy, awesome weapons, so over the top. And just everything about it is super cool. Like, I, I, to put it into perspective, I just learned how to like take maps and mods and put them together in a file and then drag and drop them over to things. Before, before like two weeks ago, I was literally like just people would either put it on a server and I'd play it that way or like spaced would make like a big package and email it or Google drive it to me. So I could just like open it up and play it. I was such an idiot, man. Like I said, this is all trial by fire, but we're getting there. I learned a new skill, so that's good. So I'll probably be doing more of that too. That said, I've been desperately waiting for Viet Doom to come out. Sergeant Mark four has been posting videos about this for a while and he said, I think it was November 30th was his deadline to get the alpha out. It didn't happen, so I've been desperately waiting to play this. And uh, Oh, wait! It's out right now. Literally, like, between the time that I wrote down these notes and right now, <laughs> he has posted the... It looks like the water. Yeah, it's, it's available now. And there's some YouTube videos out of him i think it's two different youtube videos and four maps so i'm gonna actually man i kind of don't want to be recording this i want to be playing that but yeah fucking awesome man like just so much cool content coming out of the doom community i can't believe it uh, speaking of i just also tried uh the fct shop in z damon i'm not sure what fct stands for it's like french something whatever but that's not the point um it's basically in between any you know, you can choose any wad you want of, you know, different maps to go through. But in between each one, you go to the FCT shop, which is like this big, sprawling fortress kind of area. Think think like a bigger than this ship in Mass Effect, you know, hub area. And you can just, there's an in-game currency. You, you can use it. Like you kill monsters, you get some currency here and different ways to do this. You can go to the bank and hand it off to your friends. Everybody, you know, it's like a survival type situation. You can buy all these insane, like, you know, normal weapons to kind of upgrade and go through. You can buy these insane new modded weapons that are just awesome, like the magma rifle and just in 
it's so cool. I fucking really enjoyed this one. I can't wait till like I want that even in a single player form and I want full on access to it, but it's not you can play it on the devs servers only right now, to my understanding. But super fun. Definitely check out FCT Shop. Um, I think I already mentioned the 2019 CAC Awards, as of me recording this, have not been announced yet, but uh, I don't really have a whole lot to spectate on this. I do want to get someone to come on the show and represent the actual inner workings of the CAC Awards. I think uh, do some would be great, because I kind of have a pre-existing relationship with them. Maybe, you know, Scuba Skeet, one of those guys. It'd be really fun to have that conversation. So yeah, the CAC Awards. I think Eternity is going to get a CAC Award. I think it technically came out in 2018, but after their most recent CAC Awards or whatever, but it definitely deserves one if it didn't already get one. I'm kind of an idiot. I don't read through them all the time because, as I said earlier, like I, it's so overwhelming, the amount of content, but that's going to be really fun, and I really would like to hold me to that. I want to get more information about that and learn more about that on the show with you guys. That said, uh, we've talked a lot about Doosome. Uh, we got to talk about also him and Human Volans have Doomus Dead podcast. That's obviously like a great source. They've had like three episodes now. I've been producing it, so I get to hear it before you guys. So it's super fun to do that and to know. I think I, I saw some really interesting responses like to the first or second episode. I'd post it maybe on like a Reddit forum or some shit like that. And it's, it's, it's Doom is dead question. Like Doom is dead? Like sarcastic? kind of idea people were missing that all the way around they were like how could you fucking say that like just click on the read read the description it's a show where these doom like the multiplayer doom federation guys interview other people about doom and talk about how awesome doom is like don't i don't know man people get so upset but yeah the point of me saying this is go check them out they're fucking awesome i love the show i'm really happy to be a part of the production i was the first guest but you can skip that one and go right to the the meat and potatoes Really, really good stuff going on over there. Um, obviously, uh, Doom Eternal got delayed. Everybody's all, you know, whatever. That sucks. Till like March, I want to say. As well as like they're releasing all, like all these kind of remakes of, you know, like Doom sixty four, and I, I'm assuming like Doom one and two will also be out on the Switch. I' a little fuzzy on that right now, but seen a few people complain about like uh they're editing Doom 64 like what why is the trailer like this is it going to have like green blood so it can be like you know for kids or I don't think that's going to be the case but even if it is man net win for everybody we want Doom in the hands of more people so it's probably going to get like switch ports and other consoles and everything whatever anything that gets people playing Doom um I'm giving it a thumbs up I'm happy that it's happening and obviously Bethesda's got a you know suck more money out of those games as much as they can so but whatever more people playing doom is good for everybody uh, a few more things for i uh, cut you guys loose i don't want to talk for too long i had some i just want to discuss some of the new indie fps stuff that i've i've been personally following maybe you have also done that as well but let's see i just played through the early access for wrath aeon of ruin Wrath uh, on a Ruin is so fucking cool. It's made on the Dark Places engine. Also, Doombringer is made on the Dark Places engine. So, uh, cool synergy there. I hope that they got. I hope they can get together. Maybe I should 
tell Killpixel to talk to Christus or vice versa and see if they have any notes they can exchange. But yeah, Wrath got picked up by 3D Realms quite a while ago. I've been, I've been patiently, patiently waiting for it to get released. The day of uh, release, as like I got on Steam and I was like, all right, today's the day. And it wasn't there. And I like <laughs> sent Killpixel a message on Discord. And I was like, dude, where's it at? And he's just like, real soon. And then it came out and I bought it. And then he messaged me back. He was like, wait, you didn't get a key? And I was like, shit. So it got, so for the first time that somebody was ever really going to like, honestly give me a key to like try out their game, which is humbling. I don't really, I never expect that. I was perfectly happy to pay for the game. It could get a little expensive, but I mean, I just, I'm not realistically going to buy every single game that comes out as it comes out. I'll get to it when I get to it and I'll do what I can afford. But the point is I wanted to support it. But the first time anyone ever tries to give me a key, I just, I bought it right before they were going to give me one. So, hey, whatever. Um, but it's really fun. Uh, some different people have talked about reviews. There's been a little bit of criticism about like kind of the textures used in the maps or whatever. But overall, my experience was, it's fucking awesome. It's really, really, really good gameplay. I love the movement. I like weapons. The monsters... I feel like there's going to be more. This is early access, and I feel like people kind of forget that and judge it that way. But yeah, Wrath feels great. That's the thing is it feels great. What else is on our little list here? Oh, I think there's going to be... I was talking to uh, Jerem from the Master Arena team the other day, and I'm thinking that we're going to get some uh, new updates on Master Arena real soon, so hopefully... Get some content uh, back out about that game. I felt like I touched on it early on in the podcast, and then I haven't really picked up on it a whole lot. I've been say I think I've said many times, like make sure you check out Master Arena. But uh, I'm hoping to see what these updates that come out are. I don't, I'm not sure what they are gonna be. I actually did link him and Glitch, uh, like the hack from Glitch Arena, up to talk about. I think it was uh, the server issue or maybe like a custom map editor because they're both in the Unreal Engine, and I, yeah, uh, Jeremy created a a map editor in unreal because it's not like a normal tool that just everybody has access to um, such as in other engines or it's not like trench broom and stuff like that so yeah i think there's some cool synergy going on and i'm glad i'm glad that i could get those two guys talking to each other because they're all you know one of them's in australia and the other one's in uh france and probably never would have really gotten a chance to talk to each other so i feel good about that that was cool but yeah we're looking forward to hopefully hearing some updates about that because the Unreal Tournament, there is some new, finally some new Unreal Tournament stuff coming out about like this, uh, forgive me if I misspeak here, I believe that there's like an open Unreal Tournament now that is getting worked on and people are going to be really excited about that. And that's good news. Um, I've been talking a lot though about like how, you know, there's a lot of Unreal people that kind of felt like Epic totally, you know, they did totally neglect them for Fortnite and everything, letting go of, you know, developing on the most recent Unreal game. And I was saying that if Master Arena can be successful, it's a, it it could be an excellent replacement or alternative to those people to get it, get into it because it's very similar movement, weapons, style, and everything. It's got its own unique stuff. Don't get me wrong; like the the movement in Master Arena is very much unlike anything else in that it's got like the the boost jump thing and like the wall. I don't know how to explain it. You have to check it out yourself. But yeah, but otherwise quite similar to Unreal. And I think people would really enjoy it if they uh, if they liked Unreal. What else have we got? Oh, I was looking at this new game 
Viscera Fest. Um, I reached out to their devs because it looks really cool in the videos. I can't play it yet, but uh, Marky Music did the soundtrack. I think that's actually where I heard of it from, as he was posting about how you know he was making the soundtrack for it and everything. And I believe that hopefully sometime early next year we're going to get an early version of it to try out. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Should uh, look up the YouTube videos though, Viscera Fest, like V-I-S-C-E-R-A-F-E-S-T. That one looks really cool. What about, um, I think I wrote Diabotical down. What was I going to talk about? Probably nothing. I don't know when Diabotical is coming out, man. I hope soon. Uh, they've, they've been doing the dev streams pretty consistently. It looks great. I don't know what the plan is for release. They keep saying soon, and that's what, you know, that, I respect that. I would rather them put out a finished and polished product than I would have them put out, like, early access crap that we've seen. Quick champions sometimes, but, you know, we'll see what happens with Diabotical. I'm not going to ramble on too much about that. I've been consistently following Limitless Hunger. There's all kinds of new monsters and bosses that we keep getting all the, you know. That's one thing I will say about Limitless Hunger is that we're constantly, constantly, constantly getting it, you know, not new content of gameplay yet, but here's what you can expect for the next update. Always the new models, you know, uh, community interaction and everything. It's very good communication there, so I'm really happy about that. That's Void Inc., by the way, is uh, the developer's name. If you can check him out, you can just find his Discord or, again, go on. If you don't know what I'm talking about with Limitless Hunger, it's a completely indie first person shooter and. We had a great, great podcast. It's a pretty long one, but I, I actually recommend you check it out just to kind of hear if you're if you're thinking about becoming an indie dev yourself. If it's something that you're into, maybe you want to make games one day. You don't know how yet. That's a it's an interesting guy to talk to, man. Uh, Void Inc is such a cool guy, and had a lot of great useful information. Explained a lot of stuff to me that I never really would have understood otherwise. But definitely check that one out. Oh, I need to try Nightmare Reaper, too. I keep avoiding buying it. I need to. Andrew Holschult on the soundtrack. It's, like, insanely cool-looking. It's you know, got the old-school pixel art. It's got all these insane, like, randomly generated levels, sort of like a roguelike first-person shooter game, and, like, random... It just looks awesome, and I really need to check that one out. I feel guilty for not having already done that, but I, I will do that. I, hold me to that one, too. Check out Nightmare Reaper, part of my 2020 resolution. And uh, that was what we were looking at. Oh, Proteus, man. I feel like I haven't heard much about Proteus recently. I know Dragonfly, same guy who made Eternity, um, is working on Proteus, I believe. I think he's like helping out with maps and stuff. Uh, the main dev, one of the main devs was on Quakecast quite a while ago, like maybe early 2018 or 2019. I, should say and made it sound really amazing all the gameplay that we've seen looks incredible i just feel like we haven't heard any new updates or at least i haven't so if you guys know something i don't or have some new information gameplay articles or whatever send those my way because i don't always have time to just google everything and like constantly monitor every single thing but i always yeah i definitely appreciate it. you guys jump in the keep with us and Post around, man. That's what it's for, you know, so we can all kind of keep each other in the loop and interact and have a good time. Oh, this isn't really indie. Actually, it's totally not indie, but 
uh, the Halo Master Chef edition came out. I guess you play as Gordon Ramsay or whatever. I'm kidding, but uh, I've never really played. I think I played like one Halo Death Match on one of like the Xbox or Xbox 360 years ago. I must have been really young, and I hated it. Never liked. I've never really liked first-person shooters on a console. Just no, not my thing, obviously. But now that uh, they've got a what I hear is a proper PC port, I feel like Halo qualifies as an arena first-person shooter, and I feel kind of obligated to check it out. It looks cool. It's always looked cool, you know, and obviously very culturally significant, but I missed the boat on Halo, so I, I want you guys to let me know what your opinion is. Like, which ones are worth playing? I can't realistically play back through every one of them anytime in the near future, but maybe one of them, or just let me know. Like, what's the best single-player Halo? What's the best multiplayer? I've heard, you know, every opinion from like a few people that I've talked to, like I've heard people say Reach is absolutely the best one or like 3 is the best one or ODST. And then I heard, I think Smango said exactly the opposite. Like those three suck and only the others are good. I don't know. I am curious though to hear you as the audience perspective, which ones, uh, maybe if I were to buy it and stream it, which one would you want to see me play? Like, I don't know. Something like that. Um... I think that's it. I said how, uh, you know, JCR was on the show. And I do want to get into, yeah, Quake mods and everything. Those are my final notes. So I'll leave it with that. I do want to say before I get out of here, thank you to a small list of people. I want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Actually, all of our supporters, but first Patreon. Dots, Moose, Paul, Zach, Alexander. Can't thank you all enough. I'm extremely humbled that literally anybody wants to give money to this. Like I, I'm proud of it and the drowned God Cathala appreciates it. And it's very, very helpful. Trust me. It's super helpful. It's get, that's the lifeblood of the keep. As far as finances go, cash prizes for tournaments, the merchandise that we're working on, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, also want to thank graceless dragon for boosting the keeps discord. I guess he, you know, paid for a, uh, what is it, a Discord Nitro thing, and just had him, he wasn't going to use him or whatever, and he decided he could have boosted anybody, he boosted the keep, and that actually dramatically, um, increased, like a lot of things, like more, I think there's more emojis, I don't really care about emojis, but people do. Uh, mainly, the main thing I took away from that is, the, when I talked earlier in the podcast about uh, production, uh, we often record the show, you know, in the Keep Podcast on Discord, and that his boosting of the server actually raised the audio quality in our Discord server uh, significantly, so that's going to help out a lot too. And I, it's actually I'm delayed on saying thank you to him. Thank you, man. That was really cool of you. And yeah, humbled again, humbled. I want to thank <laughs> Hadikant and Space to make all of the episode work. These are gonna, the next few people are just these are the core team on this podcast specifically. Hadouken Space to make the artwork. Brand Flakes does. She listens to every episode before it comes out and lets me know if there's some fucked up shit in it or whatever. I try to edit it as best I can, but I don't always, you know, get a chance to notice everything. Obviously, it's my own voice. And does the timestamp. So if you're one of those people who listens on YouTube and you like to click through topics on the timestamps because you don't have all day to listen to me blabber on with somebody, that's totally cool. Thank Brand Flakes because she's been awesome and done that nearly every week since, I don't know, like June or July or somewhere in that area. 
huge thanks to her. And also Igrak Salmon, who does the vast majority of the music on this show. He's been amazing, always just providing. I've, I've made specific requests to him, and he's turnaround time. He's like, bam, there you go. Check him out on YouTube. Check all these people out. Support everything they do. I can't thank you all enough. Uh, with that said, happy Catholimus. Take care of one another, and we will be back next week with a proper episode for you. Until uh, next time, though, stay in the keep.